0: All right, Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast. Bud, it is a uh, a nine and three rendition of the Knollcast. Certainly going to look back at the UF game some, but uh, for some of our more diehard listeners who super enjoy the snap count draft that we do right at the prior to kickoff each year, this will be an episode for you. Going back in time, looking at what went right, what went wrong, who got. Uh, you know, particularly close on some of our projections and where uh, where we miss big and why. So uh, we'll put a bow on the regular season. I was uh, at the game on Friday. Bud, thank you so much for handling the instant, uh, even in your, uh, you know, healing, (laughs) various stages of healing uh, that you've gone through over the last 10 days or so. But uh, fantastic to have the gang all back together. And here we go on a uh, hell of a season and looking back at it uh, one more time.
1: Yes, sir, man. That was just, uh, it, it was fun to go back and, and do some of the rewatch. And, and there's just, there's so much to be excited right now about this program. You know, like like Mike and his staff had to work their asses off and catch some breaks. And they did both. And like they needed a guy like Jordan Travis to elevate and take that next step. I mean, that that's kind of your number one takeaway from this game overall is just how damn well Jordan Travis played overall. Now he missed some throws early, maybe some jitters, but uh, his, his escapability was just insane, yeah. right? And that was uh a, we can kind of do our prize pick shout out right off the top here if we want to because when he was our pick for like take Jordan Travis, go over right. We almost we almost hit our our, our big combo card. By the way, uh, Anthony Richardson under fantasy points was the uh, was the one that missed. Mm. <clears throat> You know my thoughts on this defense uh but anyway i jordan travis way over his fantasy points no doubt right just the escapability making the plays with his legs also put a number of throws in quarters two three and four on the money which were dropped getting quickly through his first and second read sometimes going to that third read moving around in the pocket until he couldn't move around in the pocket anymore and he he escaped out of it a couple times they didn't need to run him the prior four games and you got a basically a month between this game
0: and the bowl game it was time to unleash the legs and he did right that was that was special he did it on the planned plays and some of the unplanned uh improvisations is just amazing i mean the the one play where he comes out and I, i guess gets judged to have slid at the half yard line or whatever i mean that is. Uh, I'm not being hyperbolic seeing it live is one of the more impressive feats of athleticism I've ever seen. I mean, it was one of those things that happens in front of you and you're like screaming and acting like a nut because that's what happens. But yeah. you're also like, Oh my God, Like I can't, I'm still having a hard time believing what I just saw in my mind. My mind basically told me at three different times that play was over. Uh, and it was similar, almost like the only thing I could compare it to, is the hail mary that Jameis threw against BC at the half, where you're oh, pretty yeah. sure he sacked a couple times and then just pops out, throws a ball. Uh, it was, it was nuts, man. And it was one of the more impressive live performances I've seen uh, from a kid who absolutely just was the best player on the field. And it was closer than uh, you and I thought it would be, closer than we projected. Um, I'm just, you know, extrapolating my own personal feelings, but it was never. Never felt to me like the team that had Jordan Travis was going to lose that game on Friday night. Uh, and it was it was incredible to see it play out in front of us. So,
1: yeah, I mean, it seemed to me like Jordan was making plays even when Florida's defense played well. And AR-15 made a couple nice throws, very nice throws like like the, the one throw that he beat Knowles on is actually just I'm not saying Knowles had good coverage. But I don't think he had horrendous coverage necessarily there, and it was a very nice throw to hit that kid in stride, right? Uh, but you're right. I I think the way I put it on the instant was as long as he had time, as long as Jordan had enough time, like on the clock, to lead FSU down for for one more drive, you you had to feel really good, you know, and that was that was largely the key, right? Uh, that I mean, it's it it was Jordan. I, this is. Considering the opponent, like, that's the best game he's ever played. Mm, 100%. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, and maybe by a good bit. So, obviously, I, I feel like, you know, pretty decent chance that he returns at this point. I I, I th- Like, there's got to be a solid shot of that, I think. Um, who knows? You, you, know, you never know, and I, I think we'll, you know, wait some kind of announcement there. But preseason, I think I was like, "All right, like, how many quarterbacks would you take over Jordan Travis?" We were probably in that like fifteen range, I think. Now, maybe five. You know, yeah. Like <laughs> again,
0: I, I shot Ooh, a I bit. I there's four, and that's and then you know probably two or three <laughs> kids you could debate on, and that's it. I mean, you know, it's, you know going to take
1: those four NFL teams mm-hmm. really high, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. You know i i I shot a video the other day for for cover three about about chimbo's offense and what they might look for an offensive coordinator and i made sure to emphasize like hey you know what i'm not calling this offense for the nfl i'm calling us to win college football games and you know we may debate like hey what rounds should jordan travis go in when whenever he decides to go jordan travis is a really good college quarterback man i mean he He does a lot of things really, really well. You're going to win a lot of ballgames with that guy.
0: Exceptional talent. We'll wait and see how it plays out as far as uh, decision-making on return, and we'll comment when we have more uh, official news, if there is such a thing uh, to be said. But, yeah, Jordan, that was just just remarkable. Um, And if he does return, uh, you can go into next year with the idea that you've got one of the better quarterbacks in the country. You've got a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate Uh, for all of those of you who want to talk about that this year, just wait a second and perhaps you can legitimately talk about it next. Um, But it will be a player and a entity in the college football world. The likes that you haven't had since uh, probably Dalvin cook was carrying the ball for you. As far as a, a known player that the rest of the college football world is aware of. And is uh you know even even the neutral fans are going to make that somewhat of a appointment viewing cuz uh, Jordan Travis has very much announced himself as one of the best college quarterbacks in the country. And and honestly like Jordan's passing loosened up the run
1: game later for you. I thought, right? I mean like early on Florida did a decent job of run stuffing and if you kind of go through this game I mean they, you had more run stuff than you normally have in terms of st- like stuff that that stopped for you know, negative or zero or one or two, you had more of those than, than normal. And, you know, Florida played played you physical, and they, they played you inspired. And I really hadn't seen Florida's defense play like that, except for maybe the Tennessee game. I don't, I don't know if you want to count the South Carolina game, because I felt like South Carolina just kind of airmailed that and, and didn't uh, – I mean, when, when you lose 48 to nothing, it feels like you're not really uh, – probably not in the right headspace. you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was good on them. And, and good on you for for responding. Um, Johnny Wilson, I think, also deserves some credit here. He played poorly to start. Obviously had a couple drops that should have been caught. But he also makes a huge catch for you on one of the most pivotal drives of the ballgame, you know. And for him to not lose the confidence and for Jordan not to lose confidence in him, you know. Because, like, keep in mind, the, the huge game that he had that that kind of saved your season or kept the seat not saved – yeah, kind of saved it, I guess. K- kept it on the right track was that Louisville game where Jordan gets knocked out. But Jordan's not throwing the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Johnny had not come up huge in big-time games where you needed them, like close games for Jordan like that. And to make that catch when he did, that was big-time, you know, if – if you get Johnny Wilson back, which, I mean, I don't know where he'd be drafted. I, I, I'm not saying he wouldn't be drafted, but I, I don't think he'd be a high pick based on this season. He certainly exceeded my expectations, uh, but also still has some things he has to work on. I mean, this is going to be a scary offense to watch next year. If you get Jordan back, you get Johnny back. And maybe if you get another guy who had a big-time game, You know, depending on what he wants to do, if he wants to go pro, I
0: really can't blame him in, in, in Trey Benson you know? So
1: you got some nice pieces here.
0: You got some nice pieces. uh, When you do project to next year, uh, whether it be Trey Benson, whether it be existing piece on your offense, uh, you've got one of the better offenses in the country, as far as what it looks like to be a running back, both because of what uh, Mike and his team do schematically. And the fact that every defense you play next year knows that your quarterback, if he's there is one of the more dangerous individuals with his legs in the country. So Um, I'll be fascinated to see how that plays out, who returns. Uh, But I think that you're going to be pretty good at the running back position regardless, both because of the appeal that you'll have uh, to outside backs, the two that you have on your roster. Certainly Rodney Hill uh, emerged as the season went on, and that's a piece that you can be excited about building around. Uh, But I obviously Trey Benson's a very talented player, uh, and you'd love to keep as many kids as you can. Uh, But if there's anywhere out there, That, uh, you know, the the money ball is a term that gets thrown around a little bit too much in my opinion right now. But, uh, you know, you can go you can go find a situation where you can feature a running back and it's a very mutual beneficial relationship for everybody involved. If it's somebody that's not already on your roster. Totally. Um,
1: All right. Defensively, my biggest disappointment here and I, I I'll just tell you, like. I looked at my advanced stats numbers and try to you know factor in opponent strength and when you played teams. I this isn't final. I'll, I'll do a more deep dive on this. Some people have, have asked for a little more exact numbers. And I think FSU's defense is like 54th or 55th for me, and the offense is solidly in the top 10. That's definitely disagreeing with Bill Connolly, who I means a good friend of mine. Like I DM with him every single day, but. I my biggest disappointment with this defense in this game was we we talked like you nailed it in the preview, right? Florida is probably the best offensive line you faced. That came true. Richardson, if you get the good one, which you kind of got a mixed version, I would say, Mm -hmm. uh, is pretty good. Uh, You kind of got lucky that he got hurt early in this game because I do think it impacted his ability to run and then also move around in the pocket and throw on the run some. Nine of twenty-seven, but for one hundred ninety-eight, obviously is is an interesting stat line. But the stat line that bothers me a lot, right? We talked about this. Not only was Florida down; it's starting receivers. It was also down. It's it's number twos. So they were having to run out freshmen and true freshmen out there. They had nine targets to Ricky Pearsall, five catches for one hundred forty-eight. They had five targets to tight end Jonathan Odom and three targets to Dante Sanders. You did not force Florida to try to use the other receivers in their passing game, right? Like to me, that was going to be one of the keys. You got out schemes. Florida easily got their guy, who they the only guy clearly that they trusted throwing the ball to, on Kevin Knowles or other guys whose matchup they liked. Florida, with the chalk, beat Adam Fuller repeatedly mm-hmm. in this ball game, and that's not acceptable if you want to get to the next level because every decent offense you've played has gone up and down the field on you even when you've had a lead and you should be able to protect like when you when you played LSU right I mean you're up two scores that's not a good throwing team they haven't even played together as an offense before it's their first game ever boom boom two long drives on you no problem right like I don't like this pass defense I'm sorry I think this offense carries this defense to nine wins and it's an awesome offense and this defense ain't nothing special to it man and I, I there's a chance they lose some really special guys off this defense and i, I want to see this defense take a step forward to truly play off the offense next year to be a more complete team that number though like nine targets to pierce Hall and none to other receivers mm-hmm. i mean no. that's like what does belichick do takes away your best player and you, you allowed them for run to run for 262. I mean, that's 262 and one and 148. Like you know, I mean, your, your, your 410 with their 460 yards were the two things that you really had to try to take away the run game and Pearsall. How many times did they make them throw screens to the to the backup receivers? Not many. Right? Not many. And, you know, that that to me that's unacceptable.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you got you got uh, outflanked. They don't look well coached. Um, as uh, you know, we've I think we've made our opinions known as to what needs to go on there. Uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. You yeah. know, uh, we'll have to see what decisions are made, and it, it's more than just more to it than. Uh, well, I
1: mean, it's a tough decision for Mike, right? Because you just had the best season you've had in probably six years, but you also have a lot of equity. I mean, if Mike goes to the boosters and says, "Hey," I want to upgrade this staff right what's a better time to do it than after you just gave everybody the the best season like they're like wait mike really okay man like we trust you if you think we need to get better coaching in here on the defensive side of the football even after going nine and three we
0: believe you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't think that'll be a problem i think that you know i certainly can't speak to anything but i I believe that michael have the support that he needs right now to do whatever it is he deems fit. It's that this question isn't about resources or support. It's about whether or not Mike makes that decision, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So. um, A couple things here. All ACC team, dude. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. Quite quite that's, changed that's to dude. see as many yeah. names listed on this. It's been a while, uh, but it was, it was great to see.
1: So quickly here. Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Robert Scott all made second team. Uh, Dimitri Emmanuel made third team. I should probably read off the first team uh, first. So uh, Jamie Robinson was named first team safety, which is great. Dylan Gibbons got first team guard honor, so congrats to him. He got an honorable mention last year. And Jared Verse actually got uh, hmm. the most votes among all defensive players in his first season of the league, which kind of shocks me, but he did have a nice year. Certainly. Like that's
0: when he was good. He was, he was, uh, you know, like a <laughs> pot boiling over good. Uh, yeah. And, and had some outrageously good tape out there, but that's, it does surprise me that that vote count. Uh, but then again, there, there was not a, uh, you know, there was not a super dominant force out there, uh, in, in the ACC as, as far as a, uh, just a go, a go ahead clear. Uh, for for a conference that historically has produced a lot of really good defensive linemen and stuff like that, there was there's not as much of that in the league right now. So, um, agreed. Yep. Yeah, good. Good for Jared. I
1: I think it's also notable, dude, that like the guys they had on, on the third, like n- not third team. There's no third team, but un- honorable mention, right? So Marie Smith, Trey Ward, Fabian Lovett, Cooper Bethune, Renato Green, Pittman as a punt returner it just feels like you have more competitive depth in this roster now. You know, it's, it's just better. And like, that's a credit to what Mike's done. It's a credit to what Derek Ray and his whole staff have done of getting more competitive depth into this program. Are all those guys going to play in the league? No, most of them probably won't. In fact, but they are much better football players than what you've had. Probably since 20. I don't know. Like the top end of this roster is not what you had in 2016, but like you're, Thirtieth best player mm-hmm. is more competitive, I think, than what you had in
0: sixteen and seventeen. Yeah, well, certainly in sixteen, uh, I would agree. Seventeen, kind of hard to judge anything in retrospect and the buy-in, on that obviously, one. Obviously, yeah, you know, yeah, like
1: the, the... the like people actually wanted to be here and compete. You know, which is which is quality.
0: It's, uh, it helps helps late in the season. That's for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. with the way the college football is going in. September is almost, or excuse me, November is almost like buy-in month. You know, like does your team still care? Do they, uh, are you there? Are you aligned? Do you still have the locker room? If so, you're going to be able to win a lot of college football games in the back half of the season with kind of where college football is right now. So uh, and credit to Mike for the culture that he's built and everything else. And um, you know, Florida state's in a great place. it will be fascinating to see how much they can build on it and, what it looks like uh, ultimately as far as how you do well or how how well you do in retaining this roster. Uh, But all the pieces are there, in my opinion, next year for a very, very special season. Uh, And, you know, if you can beat LSU, then I think you can start to dream big uh, and dream about things that this program hadn't dreamt about since 2016, as far as potentially, you know, playing in a college football playoff game or a new year, six bowl game. So, that's uh, that's the ultimate goal, and it'll be fascinating to see how everything that we talk about from here to the LSU game kind of plays up to that. So, um, bowl game wise,
1: seeing a lot of Cheez It Bowl here in Orlando. So, um,
0: you know, I, but I'd you like to get see- uh, you could double dip. Speaking of the Cheez It Bowl, you could get uh, this year's bowl game, next year's opener, just. Uh, the world truly is revolving around Mr. Elliott there. I do feel like we will have a really good bar crawl uh, set up next year. But, but Between
1: all of our sponsors who are in the state of Florida, who will be giving special shout-outs later in the show with our awards for the Snap Count and Draft. So those are coming if you guys are listening for the ad reads, of course. Um, didn't really have a prize picks one, so just knocked that out with Jordan since we talked J-Trav early in the show. Um, Cheez-It Bowl. That's a Big 12 opponent, most likely. Texas Tech, Oklahoma. If you like points, yeah. you would get some points because I think I think Texas Tech would score in the 40s on you, potentially. Just given how fast they play, they're not like, don't get me wrong, like they're not crazy efficient, but they do play really, really fast. I don't know if you followed Western Kentucky last year, but they took the uh, they got the OC from Western from last year, so they they uh, they play very very fast and wide open. And I think you would score like 70 on them. So, you yeah, or, know, or maybe 60, just depending, because you do run the ball and that, that drains the clock a little bit. Could be a good matchup. I know a lot of people want to get an SEC team in the Gator Bowl. I guess that's possible, uh, but you got to figure out what's going to happen with Notre Dame. Tonight in the other uh, college ball playoff ratings, you were 13. So feel pretty good about that. It's better to me than the AP poll. I do think you should be ahead of LSU. I mean, LSU just lost to. Yeah. a, a, a non bowl team <laughs> for crying out loud. And you also have the head, head victory. Like you did a beat non-competitive
0: them. fashion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. They were not competitive against AM. That was uh who boy, <laughs> tough look for Brian Kelly, a guy who, by the way, almost never loses as a favorite and almost never wins as a dog. Hmm. Kelly is just routinely reliable for winning the games. He should win and pretty reliable for losing the games. He should lose. And so mm-hmm. that was out of character for him to, uh, to drop a game as a 10 point
0: favorite. Interesting. Anything else uh, we need to touch on, or can we move to uh, one of my favorite episodes of the year? I
1: I guess we need to do the McCall thing.
0: Oh, okay. That's right. So uh, any more clarity on this? So so there's been a uh, Sam McCall according to Knowles 247 as of about an hour before we started recording here on the evening of the 29th. So let's say 830. Uh, somewhere in that area. They had a report that Sam McCall is no longer on the roster, but I knew that you had mentioned that maybe he had put something on social media, suggesting that that was a, that he was, was joking. Uh, I don't yeah,
1: know. N- now, now he has an Instagram post out that, that, it, uh, that, okay. that, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, All
0: right. So the ambiguity has been removed. It looks like Sam McCall is, is leaving the, the program.
1: It, it, it's actually kind of an interesting graphic. He did not post the same one, by the way. So he had a new graphic made uh, for this. <laughs> I, I, I am terrible with making graphics, by the way. But uh, this one is looks like it's on crinkled up notebook paper, but it's clearly type you know, typewritten Mm -hmm. Uh, dear FSU family. First, I would like to thank Florida State University for giving me uh, the opportunity to be part of their program and for supporting me on my journey this past year. With that being said, I would like to announce that I will not be a Florida State Seminole next season and will be entering the transfer portal. All right. So. A couple takes on this for me. The first take is when you have a a player who's a highly rated recruit leave, you think, okay, is there something wrong with the program culturally right now? You know, is this a thing where you're getting outspent in NIL? Is there something else going on here? Based on conversations I've had, no, right? Like I do not expect FSU to lose many, if any kids off their current roster who they want to keep due to NIL, okay? I think donors are going to be pretty fired up to keep the kids that you like on this roster. So I do not believe this is purely NIL-based, or maybe even mostly NIL-based. Now, the thing is, FSU secondary this year was not good, and McCall was not close to getting on the field. He played some corner. They wanted to try him at safety. I don't know if he actually wanted to play safety. They clearly needed some help there. They had to end up playing, you know, I mean, obviously Sydney in who helped, you know, kind of give up that big run there in the fourth quarter. My thing is, man, when I when I when I'm at a game and I look at the sidelines, I see a team that's super engaged. And I see a guy, McCall, who's like the lone dude sitting by himself. You know, just not not into it. And I think Mike has a great culture thing going on right now. I'm not going to backtrack on what I just said, which is like, I don't, I don't think the secondary is well coached, but I don't think that's the reason McCall's leaving. I think he's probably going to end up at Florida or Miami. If I had to guess at this point, you know, and I, it makes me question like how much was he ever bought in after Travis Hunter left? I mean, I think, I think Travis Hunter
0: is the reason McCall signed at Florida state or at least one of them. Yeah. I, I think it's the reason that he signed with Florida state. I personally don't, think uh it has a ton to do of how we got here i think it's more position based uh honestly and the fact that um just never really caught the world on fire i, I think that part of the reason he was returning kicks was because you were trying to find a place for a kid and that yeah. wasn't particularly successful um a kid who wants to play db and whose body and skill set is kind of that of a safety uh if at least if he wants to play at a at a level where, you know, uh, large checks get written every Sunday. Uh, So we'll just have to see. I'm a little bit surprised by what you say as far as, you you know, you and I have talked before, so I'm not surprised as far as that, uh, that you mentioned it, but I am surprised that that is a kid that would want to go to Florida, Miami after, um, you know, maybe not having as clear a path to playing as he would, he would want. But uh, if that's where he goes, Absolutely. As you referenced, if you're at the Louisiana game, uh, it was fairly clear that this kid was probably leaving. I mean, literally you had 85 guys or 114 guys on the sideline engaged and you had one kid sitting on the benches and multiple coaches coming over and trying to what appeared to be uh, either get him more involved or see whatever the problem was. This is a this is a destination that we've been headed to for about two or three weeks now. And it sounds like we finally got there tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it, I think it was fairly obvious after after Louisiana. I, like, I, I know Chad had texted us, like, "What do you think's going on the call?" I was like, "I don't think he's here next year. I, I'd be surprised." You know, um, in this era, by the way, like, if you look at the Instagram post, you'll see a lot of teammates like encouraging him, like, to go be great elsewhere. That's just how kids act on social media. By the way, like, they're not going to be on, on his Instagram saying, like, "Hey, dude, like, we really really wish you would have bought in." You know, and 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 played hard. Like we got something special going here. They're just they're not, and they're especially not going to say that publicly. It's all going to be like, go get yours, go be great. You know, you know, ball out, man. Like that kind of stuff, right? You know, they're they're bro hugging in the middle of game. That that's just kind of how sports are right now. You know, so anyway, uh, but it does suck to to lose a, a very athletically talented. Like he's not a good player yet. If somebody develops him, he will be a good player right but he has to buy into it obviously but like it does suck to lose that level of clay off your roster that you could have molded i'm not just going to sit here and say like oh big whoop no like you haven't signed that many five stars out of the high school level especially not a defensive back and you need defensive back help so i'm not going to pretend that losing the opportunity to develop mccall doesn't suck but mccall also would have had to bought in at some point right and and i you saw A.Z. Thomas get on the field. I think there's a difference in terms of, of practice habits there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. buy You know, maturity, learning the playbook, that, all, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. To transition to where we're going, Sam McCall got 70 snaps this year. I would guess that 35 to 40 of those were on special teams. Maybe yeah. more. Um, looking at a guy who, who garnered – Thirty to thirty-five defensive snaps this year, uh, and they're too too talented to do that. So hopefully, it works out for him. Matt, like I, I said, can tell you exactly how many how many coverage snaps he played. Okay, yeah, um, we'll, uh, we'll get there real quickly. And uh, after this, we'll jump fully into our snap count. Twenty-three. Okay. Yeah. So I was probably l- under l- less selling. than half were defensive snaps, basically. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Absolutely. So. 47 of his 70 snaps, it would appear as though we're special teams face. So that's, that's where you were with a kid and hopefully he lands on his feet and good things are in his future.
1: Yeah. 100%. Um, let's do snap count.
0: Let's do snap, snap count. count. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the uh, Tarpon Sellers snap count draft. Tarpon is our wonderful Partner, You can use coupon code Nolecast there, 20% off uh, at checkout. Fantastic selection of whites and reds. Uh, I believe it's actually their uh, Cam- Cambroa, uh, one of their rosés that's been so highly rated. Uh, I'll talk to people who actually... No wine and know how to pronounce it before I stumble <laughs> through describing which of their wines was recently uh, voted one of the top 50 wines of the world. But uh, have faith that uh, if you go to the website tarpensellers.com, you're getting exceptional stuff. Know that it's uh, put together and um, fully behind uh, the brainchild of two rabid Florida State fans. And uh, guys that have been instrumental in allowing us to grow the NoLcast, so big we, thanks to them, and uh, we're always proud of our friends out in Napa Valley.
1: We should do an episode where we just sip rosé. We should absolutely the whole time. Like
0: that would be yeah tremendous. It, in Napa Valley, California. We're not. We don't just need to limit ourselves here. We need yeah to yeah. Head yeah out there I, I, I think the wives probably. are gonna are gonna want to uh, yeah. to make sure we do an online patient yeah. shoot. Which uh, this is Maggie's brainchild for about two and a half years now, and yeah. uh, we'll make it we'll make it come to fruition, man. So I mean, uh, do, like. Yeah, they're my brainchild. Maggie and Christina are gonna drink the wine,
1: and we're gonna we're gonna like like go back to the hotel room, do an episode, and then come back. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, we gotta do cheese yeah. board. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um. So. All right. So basically, the rules on, on the snap count draft. We've done this for four years now. The loser has to pay uh, for charity, right? Last year, Ingram donated. what did you donate to? It was the uh, um, the women's shelter in Immokalee, right?
0: No, it was uh, the foundation. Or that was the one I
1: sent to the guy on, on Twitter when he lost that Twitter bet to me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that is maybe where you supported two years ago. Uh, okay. But this was the foundation for the, um, oh man, I'm blanking here. <clears throat> the one in it was, uh It was a friend of yours, the uh, Wonka Foundation. Oh. My, uh, oh, Johnny Worka. Worka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, we 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 did an, did a an whole
1: episode. My 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 buddy Johnny Worka, you know, combat diver, you know, who, who was killed. So yeah, I mean, that was obviously supporting that is is awesome. I shoot, I I didn't realize we we, we tied a snap count draft to that last year. That's yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Okay, yeah. so man, we we've been doing this for so long, you know, it's uh, mm.
0: <laughs> it so
1: it's an auction style draft. You guys ever done like a fantasy football or fantasy baseball style auction? We each get a certain like number of snaps. We get to bid and. When the bidding stops, you win the player on your like fantasy team, basically, and we try to draft the most snaps. Like it's essentially just bidding on playing time, and uh, it's kind of fun to go back and forth. You guys can go back and watch the episode. I will. uh, I'll actually link the episode in the show notes. I'm going to write it down here on my in show notepad to uh, to remind myself. Link draft. But uh, we have some awards here. First overall award goes to Ingram Smith, who he got me this year, guys. We are now tied two and two all time. Ingram, your team had uh, nine thousand seven hundred five snaps, and my team had eighty-seven eighty-five. So he got me by by almost a thousand.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Mm. That's great. That's great. That's, I. Uh, that's painful. I- I thought you I needed was doing, some revenge right yeah, I thought <laughs> I was doing well here, but I always you know you remember your wins and forget your losses and I honestly forgot that I had taken bless Harris uh as and paid good good snap count money for him um and then wasn't sure whether or not I was gonna be ultimate winner when I took a negative five sixty two on that uh particular cell in the excel sheet but yeah, man, that's awesome, and it's great that we've done this four years, and uh, we're now two and two, so uh, we'll we'll go for the, the decider uh, next year in the uh, five-game series that is the snap count draft, but uh, no, this is fun, man, and it's great to be able to look back and see where we were coming out of camp as far as where kids were, where we thought they would be, and then look back on it and see – oh, well, I've got a negative 562 in this cell. Well, that's because he was injured. That's obvious. (laughs) But, you know, okay, where's this negative 191 come from? That kid wasn't injured. It just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, it didn't play out in the manner that we thought it would as far as him being involved. So uh, this is fun for you and I to do and look back on, but it's also, you know, pretty instructive as to who emerged, uh, whether or not particular position groups were used, in a manner that we thought we were Uh, we'll talk about that, particularly when we talk about the tight ends. Uh, But it's a, uh, I think it's an instructive look back and and get a feel for where some of these pieces are. And also it's a great, uh, we want to do it right now before we head into the uh, transfer portal slash draft season. So that if you hear a guy is coming back, or if you hear a guy is leaving, you can immediately be like, okay, well that's 490 snaps that Florida state's going to have to replace or, whatever else. So there is method to our madness and uh, very much look forward to this conversation. All right. So we're
1: going to start with, uh, and we do these in award style. Let's start with the Andre Wadsworth
0: award. That is the best value. Um,
1: for those of you that don't know,
0: Andre Wadsworth was a walk-on. Andre Wadsworth would go on to be a two-time All-American in the fourth overall pick in the draft. At the time, it was the highest drafted player that Florida State had had. Um, uh, and maybe yes. Dion because it was Dion third or fourth was Dion also fourth. Uh, well, that, I don't want to derail us here, but uh, Andre Wadsworth, you got him as a walk on, you turned him into a top five pick in the draft, and his senior year he was one of the most dominant defensive, uh, a guy who came in at defensive tackle, finished at defensive end, and uh, was a incredible defensive end during the stretch of time that Florida State had nothing but incredible defensive ends. He was uh he was pick five by the way okay so the um, Falcons good for them uh, but uh but so yeah uh, interesting Wadsworth
1: was do you know who took Wadsworth uh his honor of being like the highest walk on in the uh, the seven round like the common draft era who was that I think it's Baker Mayfield who was kind of questionably a walk on because I think he had a walk on at uh, at Oklahoma I Wadsworth was like a legitimate walk on mm-hmm. so you know at least as far as I understand it.
0: You know, yeah, so. he was. He came. He came to Florida State as like a two hundred and thirty-eight pound nose tackle, and he ended up playing. I think as a redshirt freshman. So um,
1: he was. Guys yeah, don't move from nose tackle like to like to, to play kind of like some five tech and DN stuff very often yeah. either. You know, like and he, if
0: you go look at him, he's a he's not a you know he's not a Mario Edwards Jr. type defensive end. He is. Uh, he was very much in line with the. Peter Bulware, Jamal Reynolds like that that generation of defensive ends that were exceptionally athletic and could get after the quarterback. So um, if you had us talking about Andre Wadsworth for six minutes on tonight's null congratulations you have uh, you've won that that <laughs> side bet. All right, so who is your Andre Wadsworth winner? So the best value for me was, I believe was Maury Smith. We were concerned a little bit at the time as Maury Smith was injured. Uh, this was very much kind of a calculated risk that I wanted to put a number up there that was reflective of uh, if it hit, I would hit pretty good. But if it if he zeroed, I wouldn't be on the hook for 629 snaps and a kid that only got to play 50 or something like that. So I was able to get Maury Smith for 380 snaps, ended up playing 731. Uh, that's great. When two other ones that come to mind, and this is the tight end position that I just referenced. I uh, was fortunate to get Mark Easton Douglas at 89. Uh, Big biscuit played 340 snaps, man. That's awesome. Uh, impressive. Daniel. Daniel was somebody that I got at 29, and a lot of these are special team snaps. You know, Preston's on the field a lot, um, but Preston Daniel ended up getting in 218 snaps. So I got a, a plus 251 and a plus 189 out of my, uh, you know, tight end slash H-back exposure.
1: That does not suck. And, like, just to refresh everybody's memory, I mean, Murray Smith playing 731 snaps is nuts. Um, at the time, he had had off-season surgery. He also got hurt he was banged up during camp we did the draft like I think the Monday before the first game and we I think at the time we knew Lyles was out right because Lyles went undrafted mm-hmm. so I don't know if it was public but we definitely knew that Lyles was done yeah like like you and I had known I don't know if it was announced at the time maybe it was I assume it was otherwise we would have had to explain on the show like why we weren't drafting somebody that everybody was projecting to be you know uh the starting center but like Maurice with his injury history and his size to play everyone is, that is tremendously good,
0: man. Like that's,
1: that's wild.
0: Yeah. So um, (laughs) there's also two other ones uh, that I, not to just ramble on, but two other at a particular position group, defensive end, I got very fortunate to get Leonard Warner for 35 snaps. He ended up taking 268. So that was a plus 233. Got Patrick Payton for 85 and he played 329. So Um, I lucked out at tight end and defensive end when it came to some of these numbers.
1: You did. And like, so last year, if you guys recall, I ended up with like 60 players and I think Ingram had like 35 or something like that. Maybe it it was a, it was a pretty big split. This year it was actually flip-flopped. I, I only had 32 guys and Ingram had 45. I mean, like it was a, almost a a full role reversal. you, You were much more budget conscious this year. I kind of went stars and scrubs, and uh, I I still got a couple values here. For, so mm-hmm. for my Andre Wiseworth, uh, I mean, obviously the one that really kept me in this ball game was Jazz Turrentine. Mm, yeah. I mean, I bit like when the bidding stopped, I had him for 158 snaps, and I got him on on, on Team Bud. He
0: took 628 snaps. That was uh, was a direct. He took 628. Okay. Yeah. So I drafted Bless Harrison for 619 snaps. So basically, uh, I paid for Bless and didn't get him. And he, I paid for jazz. You, you played for Jazz and got Bless. So uh, well done, sir.
1: I mean, like my whole thought process on Jazz was nobody will stay healthy all the time. He'll have to play a couple games. There's a reason that they use that last scholarship on him. If you have some blowouts, he will get to play there as well. Okay, whatever. Like maybe there's some upside there at 150. But the fact that he played 628 is, is just kind of nuts. That's a little uh little 470 snap surplus for me. Uh, you know, a guy that I was not super high on coming in the year, because just from the people that I had talked to, they expected the dudes who they thought were more talented to emerge eventually at corner. And that didn't happen. But what did happen is Renardo Green became your most consistent corner. On the year i don't know if he's like a draft prospect but it, like he's a solid acc corner you know mm-hmm. and so I, I got him for 320. he played 526 so that was that was certainly helpful for me quite a bit and then another one of my favorite players cam mcdonald i bid 275 right and he was fine you know i, I think if you got a guy in your program for you know, that many years you're expecting a little bit better production but it's also kind of on you not to it's also your job as coaches to go out and recruit you know recruit over a guy uh, and and couldn't do it right like he, he kept winning the job so mcdonald 275 i remember he had a weird camp right like didn't didn't play a lot in camp and then uh came back and was in the starting lineup he played 479 so that was another another uh, 200 surplus for me there and uh yeah those are my my kind of three nominees i i think you're going to sweep a lot of these awards I, I think jazz going, you know, 470 over, over bidding price might be the, the guy who needs to take this home. Uh,
0: that, that's my vote. Yeah, absolutely. That was a, that was a, a damn good snag there. Absolutely. So, and you know, sometimes you just got to give yourself enough coverage as you did to where um, <clears throat> if the needs there, uh, you know, you don't, it's tough to get somebody that takes 600 snaps or 140 or 150, whatever it was. Uh, but that was a guy who was uh, the the reason the coaches took him with the last scholarship is is exactly what you know transpired from a draft count perspective as to why you drafted him the way you did. And a guy that the coaches probably would have uh, in their minds would have had playing 150 to 200 snaps ended up you know taking 620 or whatever it was that uh, that you ultimately got out of him. So well done.
1: All right, let's go to the next one here. This is the Lost in the Sauce Tarpon Sellers Award for the worst bid. Uh, now, this is the non-injury version, right? We'll we'll, we'll do the uh, uh, we'll, we'll or no, no, this is the injury one, I think, right? Because we also have the the coming up the Fred Rouse Award, which is the biggest <laughs> miss, non-injury. Uh, version. You want you want to you want to count this one with injury?
0: Uh, we could just say that this is uh, either well. Sure. Yeah. We'd probably have to massage the wording on it a little bit with our good friends at Tarp and Sellers. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, it was, we've talked about it. Obviously, it is blessed. I took a negative 562. That's the worst number on the board across the board. The second one here. Um, and equally tough uh, when you consider the circumstance that the injury occurred and how many snaps this guy would have otherwise had is Fabian Lovett. I took Fabian Lovett with 629 snaps. He ended up playing 210. Uh, now, we know the story there, and we know why that number was uh, what it was, but I believe Fabian and Bless Harris are the two biggest misses on this board, and uh, they're both injury-related. You're right, uh, but that, that for me, was the worst bid. Now, if you just look in at if I had a guy and then it just didn't play out, I kind of drafted Thomas Schrader in the way that you drafted Jazz. I took Thomas Schrader with 179 snaps, which is reflective of a guy that neither of us thought was going to start. But if the opportunity comes, he'd be a plug in. Thomas Schrader only got 12 snaps. So that is a place where I was probably you know trying to position for potential value and it just never happened for a kid. Uh, Sean Ward, I drafted 429 snaps, only played 204. Some of that's a little bit injury related, some of that's that none of these running backs that we drafted really got as high up in the uh the snap counts that that maybe we were projected coming out of camp.
1: I I also thought FSU would play more t- two back this year than they ended up doing in part because their receivers ended up meshing with Jordan pretty well, you know. And like that that took away some of the opportunity to have a lot of running back snaps. Just above and beyond. Just you're obviously you're gonna have one back on the field, you know, pretty much all the time. Okay, so for me, uh, another one here: I'm marion Cooper, negative three twelve. I, I bid six twenty. Some of that was injury, obviously. Some of that I think was uh, was was other things going on. Uh, Dennis Briggs was one who's kind of in that Thomas Schrader category for me, except I did think he would start, and ultimately he just like it's kind of it's kind of injury it's also just a miss by me, right? Like I thought that he was going to return as a starter. He just never fully bounced back from that injury. It sucks for the guy. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I love Dennis Briggs and yeah, just not, not the same, not the same player that he was pre-injury, you know, and maybe, maybe you hope he can bounce back in whatever he ends up doing. Uh, I also, by the way, like one of my biggest misses speaks to your point. I think Ingram on, just how you did have more receivers playing this year Trey Benson I bid 550 on like during the portal season I was like all right I'm skeptical on this take the staff has got to know something here like whether it's a verified time or they've had a private workout or they've seen like a private workout video that we've not seen because the guy tore his knee up that bad right and then we kind of got tipped that like hey he like his his numbers are ridiculous, you know, um, and so I I bid 550 on Trey Benson. I was like the biggest Trey Benson fan about a week before the season, and he gets 313, which also speaks to just how well everybody balanced it out. But it also took Trey a little bit of time to fully acclimate it into the offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did not look uh, – I think you said this pre-show, so we should probably say it on the show, right? <laughs> you, you made the point, like, he didn't look fully comfortable against LSU. You know, if, if he comes back for another season, I mean, he's going to threaten. I don't know if he's going to hit the Dalvin number that Dalvin put up that one year, which was just crazy. But he's, if Benson comes back, he has a chance to make a serious run at, you know, like, like a top, what, probably a top six or seven all time rushing season. I'm trying to think like what, what, Gonna pull up NullFan.org. but if you guys have never checked out this site, NullFan.org is kind of cool. It has like all of the FSU archive stuff um, of
0: all time. Kind of nice. So, are you the proprietor of it or something like that by chance? No,
1: have you never seen this?
0: It it, it, <laughs> just it looks
1: kidding. like it looks like something off GeoSites, but <laughs> uh, let me see, Hall Hall of Fame. No, I'm trying to find the uh, the link here. It's not really. Not really coming up i should probably learn how to like like navigate the site a little bit better but football the links here we go mm. all right we'll, we'll do that on, on, on a separate episode i guess okay good enough all right uh the pay what you get for award or no no i'm sorry uh we need to do the legendary home loans Cornering the Market on Positional Dominance Award. So this is the position that you did the best job of drafting. Brought to you by our friends at the legendary team, Chad and Shannon, 844-FSU-LOAN, do a tremendous job sponsoring the show, getting you the best possible rate and the best possible customer experience for your home loan. I've used them twice. Like, I feel like half of our audience is using them. That's not true, but like more than 400 of y'all have. And uh, I mean, just... We, we, we always hear good things. So 844-FSU-LOAN is the number of the call. Support the show. Support Loyal, Loyal Knowles. And let's go ahead and get into the Corner Market Positional Dominance Award brought to you by the legendary team. So what, what do we have here?
0: Uh, tied into defensive end, I would say I did particularly well on and um, did fairly well in the secondary as well. I mean, to get a plus 81 at a Jamie – Uh, Plus 81 is not a big deal, but place 81 when you draft a kid at 629 snaps is pretty remarkable and credit to Jamie. I mean, Jamie Robinson, 710 snaps on the year. So that gave me a plus 81 Uh, Kevin Knowles, I drafted at 241. He ended up playing 432 snaps, uh, which is significant. Uh, The defensive ends that I talked about earlier. um, uh, Malcolm Ray was also something good for me on the interior of the defensive line, but I'll I'll say uh, that, the tight end group is really the tight end and defensive end are probably the two of the biggest drivers as to why I won by 900 snaps or whatever it is.
1: So, you know, value wise, I, I, I kind of feel like I hit it big at the foreclosure market, right? I mean, on on, on my secondary, so I, I had Renardo Green who who was helpful. I had Akeem Dent, and I mean, I, I paid six thirty. He had five forty six. So, if you pay six thirty and a guy gets you five forty six, you're, you're not feeling that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's kind of you, you kind of got to pay up for the guys that you know are going to be starters. Greedy Vance, Jerrion Jones, McClellan, uh, Brendan Gant, and Sidney Williams, all my team. Sidney Williams obviously getting hurt, uh, hurt me a little bit. And I also had a Marion Cooper. So I, I went hard in the secondary. And uh, I mean, I, I bought almost everybody I thought who might play in the secondary except for Jamie. And lo and behold, Jamie plays like every snap that the team had this year. So that was, uh, that was harmful, obviously. Um, defensive line wise, I had like the negative of this award. So I had Josh Farmer, who was, was like my lone positive on the defensive line. Jared Verse was a negative 140 for me. I, I thought he, he would be a 500 snap guy. He obviously got dinged up. Uh, Robert Cooper also got a little bit dinged, played 365. Dennis Briggs, as I said, thought he would eventually start You know, coming back. From the injury, did not. Um, Byron Turner got hurt as well, only played 42 snaps. So D-line really kind of uh, kind of crushed me. And I'm, I'm like a negative, probably like a negative 400 of my D-line bids, you know. So got improved there next year. Offensive line, I feel like I did pretty okay. You know, Darius Washington got hurt, but Armella, I wasn't that far off on. Jazz helped, uh, helped quite a bit. You know, not bad.
0: um all right what is our uh what is our next positional group uh that we're going to look at here pay for that is the uh award. the pay what you get for award okay. um
1: should we ascribe this to congruity
0: we'll call this the congruity closest to the pin award uh, oh okay I like this that's that's uh where we are accuracy matters uh I had a couple of really good ones let's let's just put the minimum on hundred snaps here so okay. like let's not say oh I've Drafted him at nine, and he snapped for thirteen. Look at how great, I, you know. Like, yeah, congratulations, dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I'll point out three here that I'm particularly proud of. Robert Scott, I drafted at six twenty nine. He played six fourteen. For that large of a pick, Look at that's, that. that's fairly close. Yeah. Az Thomas, I drafted at two sixty one. He played two fifty four. So, uh, very close there. But here's the one, and this is uh, this is going to be a tough one to beat. Johnny Wilson, 489 snaps on the draft, 490 snaps played. So, got damn near hole-in-one, that one. Man, that is, uh, there's no doubt about that. Okay, so for me,
1: I'm not going to beat you on this. Uh, Jordan Travis, I paid 625 he played $715. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely the bid I'm most happy about, because, I mean, there's some games you could have missed that you could have still won, but like, I'm very happy that he played in the games he did play in and played extremely well because the guy is a really good college quarterback. Um, Kalen Deloach for me was a miss, but a very, very narrow one. I mean, yeah. I, I, I bid 580 and he took home 541. Totally cool with that. Uh, th- those are probably my two two closest to the pin nominations. But I mean, Johnny Wilson is is, is winning this award, dude. You, you can't
0: be that damn close. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that, that one was uh. That one turned out right, so uh, that is fantastic. And thank you to our friends at Congruity, uh, Matt Lewis, fantastic guys. I'm fond of saying, pretty sure that, <laughs> pretty sure that there's another entity that's about to pair with Matt Lewis uh, moving forward. So we'll look forward to that and um, bringing you uh, you guys knowledge of that when that's official. Uh, I probably need to call and talk to Matt about that before I uh, start rambling about it on the podcast. Uh, But yeah, so we are uh, ever so fortunate to work with Matt. Uh, All I can tell you is that every chance I get to work with Matt Lewis, I do. And that's as as high of a recommendation as I can give him. Congruityhr.com is the website. If you want to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to put you in touch with Matt and uh, can tell you from many personal experiences that you are in nothing but the most uh, competent and capable of hands. All right. Who is the guy next year who will have the
1: biggest jump in terms of bid price this year to bid price next year? Mm, great one. Great one. And we did not think about this ahead of time. So I really don't like, I, F- I, I'm going to be scanning
0: my scanning my list as well as yours, I guess. Firing off the hip. I'm going to say Pat Payton. That, that's what immediately comes to mind for me. Um, well, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be the biggest one. Because yeah, um, because his number is going to start
1: with a six. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
0: Maury Smith is going to go from 380 to 600 or, you know, we'll always be a little bit uh, concerned with, you know, or not concerned just Mo has always dealt with injuries. So maybe it's not six, maybe it's 550, but still Maury Smith is going to be drafted as though he, a starter that you can be fairly confident getting starter snaps this year. I think that's totally fair. Um, a couple from my squad
1: that just just taking a look at. I I gotta feel like like Byron Turner who went for fifty five this year. will have if if Jared Verse doesn't come back, and I mean he hasn't announced he's going pro yet. So I like as a, as a knoll, I, I I can I can hope right. Uh, Julian Armella who went for one fifty five this year the guy guy works hard looks like he's in good shape you got to think that he has a decent chance to start coming up so i I would say armella is a pretty good nomination there um again depending on what happens with uh with benson i mean Toa philly went for 220 this year if if benson leaves you got to think Toa philly is going to start with like a five i would i would guess um those are, are probably the ones that that I, I would say are, are are the biggest jumps off, off my squad.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Kevin Knowles. I mean, depending on how this plays out, also Shaheem Brown. Uh, depending on what oh, happens in yeah. safety, I drafted Shaheem at two hundred and five snaps this year. Great return at three seventy three plus one sixty eight. But that's a guy that's probably ha- has a five next to his name, if not a high high four next year. So uh one other that I'll point out.
1: I think so too. Um Wordard Green I feel like is probably penciled in as a starter next year. Mm-hmm. So I mean 300 to 550, 550 600 right.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah I think I, I think if if you're fairly confident a guy's going to start uh I think you know 550 is probably the the beginning bid on somebody at least at least yeah. at a uh traditional defensive starter. You now if it's, it, it's it gives a, you some upside, right? Yeah, you know it as does. well. Like if you bid seven hundred, you're basically like, you.
1: you I don't hope you got Jamie. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And like, I feel like sometimes you bid seven hundred because you want to keep the other guy from getting the player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You For know, because sure. it's just like it's so obvious that like the drop off to the next guy, if he stays healthy, is just is is pretty you know, it's pretty severe. Um, cool, man. What uh, what else we got here? Do you remember anybody that, that you felt like
0: like it was a, a a particularly kind of fierce bidding war and you wish you would have gone a dollar higher. No, I remember somebody that I'm very proud to make you have driven you up as high as I was. And that was Trey Benson. I remember when we were doing it, like I'm like, if you, I'm, Bud's not getting him for 290 picks or whatever. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think I was ever going to get him, but I was happy that we got I, into the yeah. fives. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like the transfers, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, can we can we like PDF this and make it available on social or something like this? This is a cool looking chart that Bud, who's particularly gifted, yeah, at making charts like this. Uh, and we'll put it out there just so that you guys can take a look at it in your own time. And uh, it's color coordinated so you can see where the the hits and misses are. And like I said, it'll be a great little guide to the next couple of weeks when you're looking at kids declaring for draft, returning for school, choosing to enter the portal, etc and get a good idea as to how many snaps they took last year and how many snaps they would have taken had they, you know, you can look at some of the starters at each position and, and get a feel for how many they would have been otherwise. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's uh, let's, let's do that.
1: I will uh I'll take some screenshots and we'll put this out on, uh, on NOLCast Twitter
0: okay. or maybe
1: like maybe the NOLCast Instagram. I don't think we've used the NOLCast Instagram for, we
0: we need to do that more. And that's yeah. very much my shortfall. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm not an it's Instagram the annual person. Instagram yeah, post. exactly. You'll get a one Instagram post from me at uh, <clears throat> eight thirty in the morning at uh, you know Bucky's as I'm driving to Tallahassee or something. You get that's about my once a year contribution.
1: So, I mean, like, I don't want to duplicate content because I did make a great prime rib again for Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> oh, did uh, you like set the, it on? That's exactly yeah. what I did. Yeah, it was great. Oh, dude, yeah, I yeah, I'm not going to disparage turkey. I'm just saying that I do feel that prime rib is better. And like, I'm a grown man. And if I wanted to eat turkey,
0: if I liked it that much, I would eat it more often. Yeah. And I don't. Right. right? Like, and the great sales point for turkey is, oh, it makes great sandwiches the next day. Uh, Not to be an uh, elitist, but trust me, so does prime rib. Uh, Yeah. You you know, like steak sandwiches work as well. So um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll make do. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Our last uh, Instagram post,
0: we should like hire a social we, media manager for our we'll, Instagram. We'll do this, particularly with the demands that both of us have uh, on our times. We we can do that and probably much better serve our audience as opposed to two guys in their 30s who post, uh, you know, biannually or whatever it is. You, you, you don't think February 23rd is an acceptable
1: last uh, date of post for Instagram? <laughs>
0: Uh, uh well it's a, it's a work in progress show it's a working dude i like like the seventh most recent post is uh is clearly my old house okay like, i was the, gonna say uh from, from the, the spring game that wings. we went to in 2017 or whatever uh but, yeah. uh that yeah. the yeah because you had those we also probably need to make new
1: polos um i'm I, i've got that uh okay. i'm actually actively working on that right i mean now. looking at this we have uh this, this polo was created, uh, I received it in the mail and, and put a post up about it It's the first ever Nolcast Instagram post on, uh, August 31st, 2018. Okay. Yes. So. All right. I was worried about this, by the way, when the whole Elon mm-hmm. Twitter thing, I was like, damn, we had a nice following on Twitter. I mean, like 15 K you guys should follow us on Instagram though, because like, Hey, maybe we'll do some more stuff on Instagram coming up. I said, maybe b what if twitter goes down and you need to like keep in contact yeah. with us
0: we'll we'll get more stuff on this we are going to hire somebody uh to handle some social and to make um smaller clips available in different platforms and everything else so uh that is that is a definitive thing on the on the cast to-do list i can tell you can we take an intern what like what are the labor laws in georgia uh, I don't know. I know they've changed drastically since I was an intern and working for free for a guy who probably has a billion dollars in the bank. Um, yeah. So that's great. That'll make you feel good. Um. But, uh, yeah. I'm not. I was somewhat familiar with him at the time because my dad kept calling me and being like, "I'm pretty sure I can sue this guy." I'm like, "Dad, nobody's suing anybody. Relax." Uh, <laughs> what, what what are your what are your damages there? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I have it. I haven't gotten my. I was, it was uh during the economic collapse, I was 24 or whatever. Okay, so, uh, yeah, it was 2008, 2009, whatever. So, and I figured if I was gonna be working for free at a commercial real estate office, which I would have been, uh then I might as well just do it at a place I enjoy. And I went and worked for free at a sports talk radio station for two or two and a half years, whatever it was a good choice, stupid amount of time was. Yeah, maybe not out, working for free for two and a half It paid but... out on the back end, uh, trust me. So, yeah, yeah. No doubt.
1: All right. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we'll get this episode up. And appreciate all y'all listening. Give us that thumbs up if you watch us on YouTube. Make sure you hit, like, you, know, you guys subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Give us that nice five-star review if you've enjoyed the coverage this season. And we'll see y'all uh, back again very soon with more episodes. Because we got Transfer Portal opening up, guys, on the 5th. And probably announcements before that as well. So, we'll see y'all then.